wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. Our big questions for this week. Our theme is the passing of death. And we're asking, why bother about being so morbid? Tomorrow we're asking, is there life post-death? On Wednesday we're asking, can a soul die? And then on Thursday, how did Christ relate to death? And then finally on Friday we're asking, how do I prepare for my death. Our co-host today is Pastor Joseph Matichik, and Joseph's the Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. Welcome, Joseph. Hello, Gary. It's wonderful to have you with us again. Great to be back. Uh, how's your week been? I suppose it's only Monday, so that's almost a silly question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, just How, started. How's your weekend been? Uh, the weekend was nice, actually, yeah. A quieter weekend? A quieter weekend. Uh, got a few things uh, done around the house, so that's always a bonus. Oh, that is fantastic when that uh, when that does happen. Uh, I, I understand that uh, uh, your family runs a small catering business. Your wife actually runs a, a small catering business. I think it's vegetarian and, and vegan products. Yeah, she does uh, a mobile catering business, that's right. Yep, for, uh, runs it from home. Uh, has been doing it for a little while now. That's, uh, I, I've really enjoyed some of the food. I know that uh, uh, your, your good wife has actually uh, presented, but uh, tell me something. Are you noticing an increased interest in vegan and vegetarian foods? There certainly has been an interest and an, uh, an increased awareness um, uh, from people in that in the last uh, last few years. Uh, you certainly see that even in our supermarkets, Gary. Um, there are a number of uh, products that are that are clearly labelled vegan. Uh, there are more and more, uh, shall we say, um, meat alternatives. Um, very much these plant-based kind of um, products that are, that are that are coming onto the market. Mm. Um, uh, dairy-free kind of products or dairy replacement products, um, yeah, you name it, uh, meat replacement, uh, vegan, uh, dairy replacement, it, it's, it's certainly certainly an increase in, in popularity. Do you find many of them are highly processed? Some, some are, um, yeah, that, that they are, yeah. But many of the foods that I know that your wife presents are certainly made, made at home. They are, yeah, yeah very much yeah, made at home, uh, so to speak, Ma- made from scratch using, using um, uh, original ingredients, um, yeah, uh, unprocessed as much as possible. And, and it's um, really tasty food too. I, I, I really enjoy it when your wife actually does some, uh, does some catering. Uh, tell us, uh, Joseph, um, where did your interest in vegan and vegetarian food, where did that come from? Yeah, look, uh, uh, we uh, as a family have have always been vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, we live a vegetarian lifestyle. As as uh, committed Seventh Adventists, uh, Gary, we, uh, we we believe that um, that that. that that diet is 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 the best for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, a um, a vegetarian plant based diet, um, 
And, um, yeah, so we've grown up with that. Uh, my wife, I have to say, she very much runs the business. She is the business. She, uh, uh, she enjoys cooking, mm-hmm. um, and, um, does, does quite well with it, likes to experiment with recipes, with foods, uh, with combinations, uh, is, is always looking more and more into it. And, um, so that was very much the basis for what, what, what got her into, into this. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she was good at it and, uh, people seemed to appreciate it. And so she, she looked into, into developing Developing uh, this a, a, as a as a business, and because of the interest there in vegetarian and and vegan f- uh, food, she was able to, to to cater for that interest, and so that that that's sort of what what what's led to that. Yeah. Just tell us what is the difference between vegetarian and vegan foods. Ve- good question. Ve- vegetarian is um, variations variations on. to it, but essentially what they would people would refer to as lacto over vegetarian. That means that um, eggs, milk. Um, honey, that, that's a lacto over vegetarian, but yeah. no, no, no flesh food, no, no, no meats, yeah. No, 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 yeah, no, no meats. A vegan is someone who, who strictly has plant based food only. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. so no dairy, uh, certainly no, no meats of any, Description: No fish, uh, none of that, and uh, yeah, no, no dairy, no no cheese, and some some will probably not even yeah, touch or use honey and and and, and any animal products. Mm. It's actually quite surprising to many people that you can actually cook really a really tasty food. Uh, just and, and, and look, that's important for you know vegetarianism. Some 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 people sort of have a fairly bit of a dim view or a limited view yeah, of it, and yeah, they, they think, yeah. oh, it's it's just um, yeah, lettuce leaves, you know, something like that. Well, yes, that, yeah, that's yeah. not the case at, at all. Um, it is important to prepare it and prepare it well. Yeah. Uh, and when you do prepare it well, th- there is. There, there, there is a lot of variety out there, Gary. Um, and vegetarian food can indeed be tasty. It can be nutritious, and with a good balance and a good variety, a person can get all the uh, dietary requirements through through a, a balanced uh, vegetarian yeah, uh, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, look, we, yeah, my wife endeavours to uh, to present food that that is very much pleasant and uh, and tasty and 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 nutritious yeah. and, and wholesome. Yeah. She does a really good job. Job at it as well. Really good job. It is a bit of work, I must say. Yeah. It, 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 at times, it's quite a lot of hard work. Yeah. yeah. Um, for for the return, yeah. but you're uh, a very lucky man, there, uh, Joseph. I am blessed. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. Let's come to some music. This is three uh, ABN uh, music artists. Uh, we have heard and marching to Zion.
king of that country He is there He's the joy and the light of that place In His beauty we shall behold Him there And bask in His smiling Marching to Zion, uh, 3ABN Music. Welcome again to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Pastor Joseph Matacek. Joseph is the Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. This week, our big theme is the passing of death. And today we're going to be asking Joseph, why bother being so morbid? Why talk about this subject? It's going to be a remarkable answer. But before we move to our question today, I must share with you an update on world religious trends. The religious world's changing before our eyes. These are trends that can't be ignored. Our news update for today. I was reading just this uh, week, in fact, just uh, uh, yesterday, a report from the Catholic News Agency. It was entitled, Pope Francis calls for a more just, equitable and Christian society after coronavirus. Just yesterday, he said, Our suffering during the coronavirus will have been in vain if we fail to build a more just, more equitable, more Christian society, Pope Francis said, May 30. He said when we come out of this pandemic, we will no longer be able to do what we have been doing and how we've been doing it. No, everything will be different. All the suffering will have been useless if we do not build together a more just, more equitable, more Christian society, not in name, but in reality, a reality that leads us to Christian behaviour. Joseph, what do you think about this? Is is there a problem with uh, moving to a more Christian society? I mean, many would uh, would give allocates to 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 that. It it sounds good, but uh, yeah, whenever there is talk of uh, creating a like a, a Christian society, and uh, and that that that. That should, um, I guess, raise questions in our minds. Yes, we would like everyone to, to, to be a Christian, but faith, Christianity, 
uh, morality. These things cannot be legislated. These cannot be mandated. These cannot be get, cannot be in, in, enforced. Uh, every time that has ever been done in the past, every time that's been done in in history, mm-hmm. it has led to to a situation where a power has has exercised uh, authority to to try to to impose that, and those who haven't complied have have uh, have suffered have have been have been treated badly or have been persecuted. I'm interested you actually make that point, Joseph, because I think it's actually a very good one. One of the things that uh, many people don't realise is that when any religion, not just a religion out of Rome, but when any religion present their particular view in a in a way that challenges the rights of others, what That's you right. tend to have is persecution yes. of some description starts to take place. Yes, yes, yeah. Every time it's tried to, to, to be imposed uh, on, on all or, or as many as possible, there, there, are, there is going to be some consequences for those who do not perhaps comply or do not do not preach. Because what we've got to recognize is uh, God has given humans free will, free choice. Yeah. Uh, and faith Faith, uh, spiritual matters are, are a matter of the heart. They, they are a personal, personal thing that, that God wants individuals to freely choose, not for it to be, to be imposed. And that's something that is actually really important because what I'm conscious here is, um, even the atheist who doesn't believe in God actually has a right to be able to to live in that particular manner. That's correct. Um, Those who may not believe in Christ also have a choice to be able to to live in that particular manner. Now, of course, there are uh, boundaries here as far as uh, what is is legal in in society. But one of the biggest challenges that I'm so conscious of is that when uh, any organisation says, if we do not build together a more just, more equitable, more Christian society, there actually stand to be challenges for that society as a whole. Whose version of Christianity would be one that would be preferable? That's right. Whose version will it be? Who is it that's going to determine what this Christian behaviour actually is going to look like, Gary? Uh, Uh, Who's going to... Who is it that's going to uh, monitor that? Yeah. Because the concern here essentially is that Christian behaviour or morality in general cannot be mandated. Mm, mm. The, the same, um, the same report came out through Reuters. Pope Francis called on Sunday for an all-embracing vision of the world after COVID nineteen saying moving on without global solidarity or excluding sectors of society from recovery would result in an even worse virus. An all-embracing vision, according to Reuters, uh, of the world after COVID-19. To me, this is incredibly challenging uh, statements that are being made. Yeah, just yeah, they are. The, the interesting language there, Gary, uh, global, in the terms that are being used, global, all-embracing. Uh, here we have uh, th- this this talk uh, uh, by uh, by Pope Francis that, that, that is very much global speak. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's encapsulating the, the whole world. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, this, this trying to bring it 
uh, trying to highlight or trying to point out that we all need to 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 behave and to live and to act in a particular way. Mm, mm, mm. And uh, and uh, certainly. To challenge the mind with the principles of Scripture are certainly one thing, mm. but to actually uh, try to um, bring in um, through maybe other means, political means, um, that objective is something that Scripture actually speaks against very powerfully. It does. It does, and it, it should should be should be ringing ringing alarm bells when when there are when there does seem to be talk of uh, the st- using the powers of the state to enforce uh, religious faith matters. Mm, mm. Joseph, thank you so much for uh, for those uh, those comments. Uh, let's come to some music. This is Heritage. Uh, no more night.
Can you trust the Bible? How could a loving God create a devil? How can a man called Jesus save me? And from what? Faith FM's free offer today is the Hidden Truth magazine, exploring your hard questions about faith and Christianity. To get your free Hidden Truth magazine, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. A big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Pastor Joseph Matichik. Joseph's the Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventists in South Australia. Our theme for this week is entitled The Passing of Death. And today we're asking why bother talking about such a morbid subject. It's a morbid subject to so many people, Joseph. Let's come to that, Joseph. Tell us, why are we talking today about a morbid subject? Well, Gary, the future determines our present. You know, for example, an athlete, a sports star, uh, will prepare before they play a game. Uh, they will train. Uh, for the game that they're going to play. Uh, a student, for example, will be studying before an exam. Uh, expectant parents will attend prenatal classes. Uh, a person will normally study and train for a job or for a career that they intend then to, to pursue and engage in. So, Gary, the future determines what we do in the present. That's actually a very significant statement that you've actually made there because, you know, there are so many things that we actually do training for concerning the future. We prepare for, and yet when it comes to death, possibly the only preparation we make is who's going to get all the stuff that we've got. And that sometimes can really lead to to great disputes uh, amongst family. But, yeah, it, it, it's right. It's the same with our future, uh, our future beyond this life. What we believe about life after this life or what we believe about life after death and, and death itself will shape how we live this life. This that, life. that is actually a very significant, uh, significant issue, this, because I'm, I'm conscious that even um, you know, young people used to uh, carry around a a wrist uh, a bangle and with Y O L O on it. You only live once. once, and of course, the YOLO bangle actually, at some time ago, became very popular. But that particular bangle, you only live once. If in fact you do only live once, then that's going to dictate how you actually live your life today. Exactly, and we've seen that uh, down through time. Think, think back uh, to the ancient Egyptians. Now, Gary, I, I, I know you would recall from trips to to Egypt uh, and uh, the Middle East, uh, but particularly over in Egypt where we, we still have those incredible pyramids that are standing, uh, which were essentially massive tombs, gra- graves to, to the pharaohs. Uh, and then further down south in Egypt, south of Cairo, you've got the Valley of the Kings uh, where they tried to, to bury uh, the, well, where they did, they, they buried the, the, the pharaohs uh, in these tombs. The idea was to be in more secluded places. You see, the, the ancient Egyptians had a, had a strong belief in an afterlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, they believed that after death, uh, the soul would would want to return to a body, and so the body had to be well preserved. And that's where we got the whole idea of 
mummification uh, to try to preserve the body as much as possible. And then they would they would bury with with the person with with particularly with the pharaoh a lot of treasure so that they would have these these treasures the, the, these things to be able to use in the afterlife. Mm. And that uh, means you've got to actually accumulate exactly. a lot of stuff in this life so that you can be buried with all that stuff. That's right. So it's there for you in the afterlife. Uh, so clearly what we find there with, with the ancient Egyptians is that what they believed about death affected how they lived in the present. It's in. Uh, take, for example, yeah, the whole concept that's believed by possibly about half the world's population, the, the idea of reincarnation. Uh, in simple terms, that is the concept that uh, at death, the soul of the person uh, will come back in some other form, whether it be into an animal or a, a plant or some other person. And uh, what that uh, person's soul comes back as depends on what kind of life they lived in the here and now, in, in, in the, the present. present. Yeah, in this current life. Uh, then there are other people, Gary, who who believe that, uh, particularly. But, but on that um, reincarnation thing, I, I'm just so conscious that there are multiplied uh, hundreds of millions of people who are uh, who are performing certain actions today because they want to be able to come back in some other form. You know, in other That's words, right. what what they believe about death is impacting hugely. The way they're living today. So that's right. That's right. So it, it's a. This is a very significant topic we're talking about. It's not. It's really not morbid at all. It, it's it's really really serious. It's very mm-hmm. significant. It mm-hmm. it is real clearly impacting on, on all of us. Uh, can I say consciously or even fairly unconscious? Yeah, you know, subconsciously, people people may not realise, but very much death is is actually influencing their current life. Yeah, their understanding yeah. of death, I should say, is influencing their current life. This is life. something that people can deny a great deal. You know, they say, you know, I'm, I'm going to live my life, a good life today, and yet the reality is the future hugely impacts the present. It does. It does. Absolutely. And uh, so we, we've seen that, as I said, with, with, with the ancient Egyptians. Um, and, uh, you know, Gary, it, it, just thinking about the ancient Egyptians for a moment, it, it, how devastating that was when the, the those tombs got actually robbed. And, you know, mm. it, we, we, we only get an insight because of the famous discovery of, for instance, Tutankhamun's tomb, mm. and we realised how much incredible treasure was was buried in there. And, uh, the, you know, the ancient Egyptians believed that that treasure was going to be able to help in the afterlife, yet it got robbed, got taken, you know, uh, gone. Um, Then we come down to, you know, a lot of people that have this idea that at at death your soul goes to heaven or hell. Although, Gary, I haven't heard anyone say that about someone at a funeral, (laughs) oddly enough. (laughs) Um, That's very true, actually. I mean, there certainly is this belief that, you know, people go to to heaven, but certainly the Christian church has been equally as strong about sending people to the other place. But I've been to a lot of funerals, and I agree with you totally. I've never heard anyone uh, sent to the other place. So so it seems to have been taught or, or used as a... Uh, can I say as a 
strong motivator mm-hmm. for people to, to live a particular way to avoid hell. Uh, it, it's told to people while they're alive, but certainly at, at a funeral, it doesn't seem to be mentioned. So, but but the, but the concept with it is that 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 a death, uh, uh, you don't actually die. You, you'll go somewhere, either to heaven if you were good, or to hell if you weren't. Um, uh, people understand that, therefore, death at death, you, essentially, you go to another place. And and most most would think, and most have this idea, Gary, that it is to a better place. And that's probably Christianity today. Hmm. This is probably where most Christians would sit today. Most Christians would certainly hold this particular belief Correct. that the there's something that goes from the body to the better place at death. That's right. That's right. That 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 would be that would be a, a fair fair summation. Hmm. And 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 we we see that influence even amongst people who are. Either nominal Christians or probably not even Christians, generally speaking, that they would they refer at a funeral to the passing of someone that they've gone, that they're in a better place, they're looking down on us. These these kinds of terms are yeah, used. Yeah. But the, the point though is that if that's the case, then even that's going to impact the, the, how we live now. Because if death in indeed is not the end, but a, just a transition to some other. Uh, type of uh, life to a different life, then it could lead to people wanting to communicate with departed ones. Well, that's actually quite logical, isn't it? Because uh, the reality is is that if there is somebody uh, in heaven looking down uh, who uh, is able to empathise with me, then perchance I could communicate with them. That's right, yeah. Um, and so again, the idea of uh, the understanding of death and what happens beyond is having an impact on our lives now. Do you see this? Mm. So it's, it's clearly a significant subject. Uh, then there are many who believe that there is nothing after death. Uh, this is sort of getting to to that uh, slogan that that, that YOLO. The, the YOLO that that, that um, young people would have on their wristbands. The idea that well, death is final. It's the end. So in that case, it really doesn't matter how you live because uh, this is the life that you have. Uh, you pretty much should just do what you want to do because you're, you're not going to be responsible or accountable to anyone or any any, any, any higher power. Uh, you determine for yourself how you should live. And, uh, yeah, so the motto can be you only live once or, as another motto, life is short, play hard. Mm. Um, so talking about death, Gary, is vitally important. What we believe about the future, what we believe about death, and if there's a life thereafter, will shape how we live in this life. Yeah. It's also important for the fact that we all know that death is actually inevitable. It's unavoidable. Uh, we all know the, the well-known saying that there are two lo- things in life that are, that are certain, taxes Taxa. and, and death. Mm. So whilst we may want to ignore this subject, it actually is Unavoidable, mm-hmm. uh, and let's face it: who hasn't been touched by by death? I mean, who hasn't either lost either lost a loved one, or or a close friend, or known people who have lost loved ones? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we want to understand well, what has taken place with that person. We we are seeking an understanding. Where people do want some sort of comfort and and an explanation: where are they, or what's happened? Mm-hmm. So it's a very important topic that is. Understood variously. That's not just applicable to the future, 
but actually has huge impact on how I live my life today. Precisely. Precisely. Mm. Uh, and, and here's the significant thing, Gary. This is a topic that's been misunderstood even from the Bible. Even from the Bible. Um, yet the Bible is clear on this subject, a subject about death and what happens after death. Let's, let's for, uh, to, to, to commence, look at uh, the, 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 very, the clear facts that the Bible says in, in, in Ecclesiastes 9. It says, the living know that they will die. Mm-hmm. So it, it just puts it out there clearly, what, what we understand, the fact of death. It uh, doesn't just tell us that we will die. It, the Bible actually gives us an explanation of why humans die, where death has come from. And these, these are the questions that we're going to be dealing with later in the week. And I think it's so important that we understand that uh, the, uh, the scriptures are so clear, as you rightly say, on this particular matter. They make no, no apology for being, uh, being very clear on, on this subject. They're saying, hey guys, this is something that you need to be able to understand so that you can live the life that you've got now in a more productive manner. That's right. That's right, yeah. And the Bible is clear. And what we look at today, Gary, is some of the, the key key passages and, and key ideas that help us understand this. And during the week, these, these will be developed and other, other t- uh, passages will be looked at. So it, it, yeah, the Bible has so much to say on this, Gary. Yeah. It's actually yeah. a, a, it, it's, it's a subject that we can be quite well informed thanks to Scripture's teaching on it. And it's um, a subject that I suppose I'm, I'm really conscious that so many people actually choose to ignore this particular subject and uh, you know I, I'm conscious that in the uh, the subject of you know preparing for uh, for death you know you you certainly get people sharing on issues of uh, end of life um, um, statements you get uh, wills being drawn up uh, you get uh, property being given away powers of attorney powers of attorney yeah. all of this sort of stuff and the things that you need to do to prepare and yet could it be that there's something even more significant than any of those things Things that the scriptures suggest that we need to do. That's right. Before that time, absolutely, absolutely, there is because when we when we understand what the Bible presents on this, we we will see a a far bigger picture, Gary. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, a, a, a real. I was going to say a, a cosmic kind of perspective on on this idea that that it involves all humans, and it is this: the Bible clearly explains that the reason we have death. Is uh, it's it states for in Romans chapter three for all have sinned, mm. and then a couple of pages later in chapter six it says that the wages of sin is death. Mm. So the Bible explains to us that it's because of sin that we die, mm. and we find that in the very be- opening chapters of the Bible, gen- particularly Genesis chapters two and three, it gives us an insight into how. Uh, sin entered the world, Gary, uh, through the disobedience of of the first humans. Uh, God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and and it was he 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 basically gave them a fairly um, simple uh, setting a situation where if they were to obey God and follow Him, they would continue to live forever and perfectly. 
but uh, if they chose to live a different way, they would sever that connection, which essentially was uh, choosing to disobey God, not follow God, and they would lose uh, the ability to live forever. And I think that what you're saying there is so important because of what God has done in the Garden of Eden. We're going to look at this a little bit more tomorrow, but uh, we see in the Garden of Eden, we see a, uh, a two people being formed by God and then following their being, you know, God instructing them and saying to them, hey, this is how I want you to live. Um, and sin comes into this world. And, of course, you get Paul is the one who best explains what sin is, you know. Uh, and God says to, um, uh, to Adam and Eve, the day that you sin, you will surely die. That's right. Now, you know, and what he's actually talking about there is something is going to cease. The thing called life that you had is going to cease. There's almost a definition of sin given to us by God um, in the Garden of Eden. And, and we see the, res- the, the consequence of sin immediately, Gary. Yeah. The moment uh, that they partook of the fruit that God told them not to touch, we immediately see that there is uh, uh, fear, shame, cover-up, hiding, uh, and then they're expelled from the garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go into the next chapter and we, we find the, uh, the first murder, and, and it, just, it, just, it just escalates from there. But understanding death begins by understanding life. Now, here's a key, a key text for us, and it's in Genesis chapter 2 mm-hmm. and verse 7. The Bible says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Mm. Notice here carefully. It says that God formed man from dust. He formed from the dust, breathed in the breath of life. And this is a life force that he's breathing. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And then he became a living being. Uh, in the, um, the old English King James Version, he would say he became a living soul. Now, that's significant, Gary. So you need God's formed the man from dust. That, that's mm-hmm. the body. He's formed mm-hmm. the body from the dust. He's breathed in the breath of life, that life force, as you said, and then the man becomes a living being. He becomes a living soul. In other words, a soul is not what we have. It's who we are. Mm. That That is actually really significant and really important because what I'm so conscious of, and we're going to get to this again later in the week, is that what you've had is a lot of Greek understandings that have come in and started to impact our uh, our thinking today on this particular subject so that a soul is something that is given eternity mm. when in actual fact in Genesis a soul is actually created... That's right. That's right. You, you, you need the body with the breath of life, and, and then it, it becomes a soul. It, it's, 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 a, it's holistic. It becomes it, it's a, a living being Correct. is another way of saying it. In exactly. other words, soul is actually an old English word that, um, that we have picked up. It comes from Shakespearean English. We don't use it. You know, I mean, occasionally you hear there are so many souls on a boat if it goes down. But it's actually an old English word. The equivalent today is actually man becomes a living being being can be replaced with soul in a perfectly uh, acceptable manner. Yeah, and, and that's a really, really important uh, concept to, to understand. Terms terms actually become really, really important when we're talking about the understanding death, yeah. Gary. And yeah. so that's that's the first one that, that we need to stress. Now, notice what happens at death. 
the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 7, it says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Now follow this uh, very closely. The dust returns to the earth, and the Spirit returns to God. What's significant here is uh, that the word Spirit is actually the same word as breath. Mm-hmm. Spirit, breath, it's, 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 it's the same word. So what we're finding here is that death is the reversal of creation. Okay. So the body returns to dust. That's decomposition as we would know it. The spirit, or as we said, is simply the same word as breath. It returns to God who gave it. Okay, and we're going to we're going to dig into this one later in the week because there are some who would suggest that that spirit is some sort of life form mm. uh, on its on its own. But we're going to dig into this one in just a couple of days' time because it's so important that we understand what's actually going on here and what the scriptures are actually saying. That's right. That's right. It, because that will help us to understand what happen, what happens at death. Uh, and and you, you will see that, in, you know, that, that the spirit is not some uh, disembodied part of the person at all, mm-hmm. not at all. Um, and uh, it, it, it's simply the breath of life that goes back to God, the body returns to, to the dust, and the person, the human being, ceases to exist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, therefore... Elsewhere, the Bible is, is quite clear. For example, in Ecclesiastes uh, the verse, chapter 9, verses 5 and 6, it says, uh, For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. nothing. Uh, and it, it actually sort of goes on then. It says, uh, They know nothing, neither have they any more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love, their hatred, their envy is now perished, neither they have any portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. In other words... At death, at death, they don't know anything. They they aren't doing anything. Uh, now, this is actually really important for our living our lives today because what it means is that if in fact the dead know nothing, as Solomon in Ecclesiastes says, then contacting the dead is in fact a fruitless exercise. Because the scriptures say the dead know nothing. That is a very, very significant point, Gary. And I would I'll go further. Not only is it a fruitless exercise, it's actually a dangerous exercise. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, there, there are other places in scripture where it actually warns about consulting the dead. Yeah. Um, it, it talks about the dead actually appearing and uh, and so it, 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 this is a really 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 serious serious matter but it's how this occurs that I think we're going to have to dig into more mm. uh, through through the week because yep. this takes us right into things like the the occult and I'm conscious Joseph that even there are many people today when they go through the shopping centers uh, are conscious of the the new age shops and these are becoming increasingly popular uh, within even shopping centers where you know uh, crystals to be able to you know communicate with those who have uh, you know What's actually going on? I think scripture is actually incredibly plain with what is actually going on. But it's so important that we ask this question and we deal with it. And that's where we're going to be coming from tomorrow. And that, that'd be really, really important to do, Gary, to, to unpack this further. I, I remember, um, some years ago there, there was a, a program uh, featuring a gentleman on television and it was called Crossing Over. Yeah. And, uh, he, he was, 
he was someone who supposedly was able to bring messages uh, from loved ones and people in the audience who had had loved ones who had had loved ones that had died. Um, he was able to get messages from their departed ones to them, and uh, people would, would would flock into this auditorium to to, to listen to, to to this person speak on this matter. And uh, look, like I was saying a little bit earlier, people the, people want to know what happens at death uh, when when a loved one does die uh, people are seeking comfort people are seeking some sort of understanding mm-hmm. and and so to, to to say they're in a better place often is used as an attempt to convey comfort yeah yeah but we have to be careful with what scripture says yeah 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 and and of course one of the real challenges is that being uh, if a person was to be in um, in the kingdom, and they were looking down and seeing some of the hard times that are occurring mm. to families on earth. You have to ask, you know, how much heaven would that really be, you know, to that individual? Uh, you know, to me, there's a very beautiful picture painted in the scriptures, I think, that 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 really stands out at me. You know, a picture of a, of a God who, you know, at death says hey and we're going to come into this later this week mm. who, who who says hey I want you to rest mm. I want you to rest uh, for a for a little time but then scripture comes to this beautiful picture of a resurrection that actually takes place and the, and the person isn't in some sort of um, uh, form that is uh, a cloud-like form, but rather uh, the the believer is able to be resurrected. You know, as I look at the picture that's actually painted in Scripture, I say, hey, this really answers so many of the issues that that are are so uh, so common amongst people today. Well, Gary, when we understand that yeah, death is a reversal of creation or the, the creation process, should we say, uh, it's, it's fairly straightforward. Uh, it, it, it shows us that a person, uh, their body goes back to the dust, the, the breath has gone back to God because God is the only one who has uh, life and is the, the, the originator of all life, the giver of all life, and the person just simply ceases the gifts. They don't go anywhere, Gary. Um, and uh, th- there are other passages, and I know these will be unpacked, but when we come, for instance, to the, to the great story that we have of Jesus raising Lazarus. And we're actually going to look at that one. That's, that, that's great to look at because what we'll eventually see there essentially is that Jesus uh, called death a sleep. Yeah, and really, that that's that that's 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 what what it comes down to. Uh, according to the Bible, when we die, we don't go to heaven, we don't go to hell, we go to sleep, rest in peace, rest in peace, and uh, and and that's that's a, a great way to understand it. Now, a sleep anticipates a waking up, mm. and that's coming back to what you just said a little bit earlier: mm. the whole idea of the resurrection. And it's actually the issue of the resurrection we're going to look at tomorrow because to me I think this question is really key because we can't actually look at the issue of death without first looking at this Mm. issue of resurrection because there's real hope there. Joseph, let's have a little bit of music. Let's come to BJ Thomas where no one stands alone. Once I stood 
in the night with my head bowed low in the darkness as black as could be and my heart felt alone and I cried oh Lord don't hide your face from me hold my hand all the way every hour every day from here to the grave unknown take my hand let me stand where no one stands alone Like a king I may live in a palace so tall with great riches to call my own But I don't know a thing in this whole wide world that's worse than being alone You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Gary, our co-host today's um, Pastor Joseph Matichik. Uh, Joseph is the Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. And our theme for the week is the passing of death. And today we're asking why bother um, being so morbid. Joseph, bring it together for us. Our time is racing away from us. Yeah, so just bring it together, Gary. Um, what we see is that uh, the future determines the present, really. Mm-hmm. What we understand about the future, what we understand about death and beyond, if there's a life beyond death, will actually influence uh, very significantly how we live in the present. If I can just... Uh, so what we have seen, Gary, is, is the idea that uh, the Bible clearly explains that a, that death, at, at death uh, is like a sleep, 
And uh, we also have clearly the idea of the fact that Jesus conquered death and there is a promise of, of a resurrection. And the, the passage I want to leave here is John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29, where the Bible says, uh, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and that they that have done evil under the, unto the resurrection of damnation. So this is very important because it tells us that how we live in this life actually makes a difference in the life to come. There is a life to come. There is a resurrection of the dead mm-hmm. uh, thanks to what Jesus did on the cross and by rising himself from the tomb. Yeah. Um, th- th- it clearly tells us that there is a life after death for those who have accepted Jesus as their saviour. Jesus conquered death. He lives forever, and he's coming back to raise the dead back to life. And how we choose to live now, how we choose to respond to him who conquered death, will determine whether we are able to have eternal life with him or not. Mm, mm, that's, that's powerful. That's powerful. Joseph, let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, I just uh, come to you right now. Lord, we, we come to you because we're conscious that this is such a big subject. This is huge. Uh, Lord, uh, death is something that each one of us uh, does uh, does have to have to face. We have to uh, uh, be conscious that the time is coming when uh, when this is uh, this is an issue that uh, uh, that we also will need to struggle with, uh, Lord. But uh, we're so conscious too that uh, our beliefs about the future seem to impact uh, the way that we live today. Uh, Lord, I just pray it should be uh, with uh, all our folk out there. If there's anybody, Lord, who's who's struggling, uh, Lord, with uh, with this issue, Lord, just want to pray that you might be with them. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you might touch them by your Spirit. Uh, Lord, I just uh, just want to pray that uh, if a, if a family friend has, has passed away, that you might give comfort and support at this time. Lord, I pray that uh, that you would help us to understand how we can really prepare uh, for this, the most essential of, uh, of life's, uh, the great climax of life. Um, we just ask, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, it looks like our time is up for today. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary, Pastor Joseph Matichik on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow as we ask, is there life post-death? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid.